I used to think that boundaries seemed rigid. I thought that boundaries were just like, oh, if you have a difficult family member, you have to set a boundary. But now I really see like, yes, it is, you know, it's a way to teach others to treat us. It's, it's setting that expectation, but it also is a way to create space for the things that matter to us. Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. Today, this week, we are bringing you part two of the Sensitive Souls Retreat. This is a juicy episode. If you have not listened to the retreat day one, I mean, I encourage you to go back and listen. It's the prior episode, but really you don't have to listen to these in order. But if you want the full experience, I would say go listen to both. Um, This is from a retreat that I hosted on Facebook Live back in August 2021. And it was such a great online retreat. People loved it. So I just knew that it would be super valuable to bring this to you as an episode. So in day two of the retreat, we are talking all about managing emotions, energy, and overwhelm. So you'll learn about nervous system regulation basics, how to manage draining people and situations in a healthy way, energetic boundaries basics, and using your emotions as a compass. So this one is jam-packed with good information. I can't wait for you to dive in and sending you so much love. I want to start us out with a cord cutting meditation. So if you're not familiar with the cord cutting meditation, this is one of my favorite practices to return to your own energy. It's really good if you're in a situation where you're around a lot of people or you're kind of transitioning into doing something else um, in your day. So for instance, at the end of the workday, it might be nice to practice a cord cutting meditation to kind of like cleanse yourself of the day that you just had and kind of return back to your own energy. So I am just going to lead you guys through one of those, and I always just like riff on things, so we'll just see what comes through. So I, and I'll just close my eyes with you guys, and and we'll go through it. So get comfy, and close your eyes, and just slow down your breath here, and just really notice what it feels like to be in your body right now. I want you to be very aware of what it feels like to be sitting or lying down wherever you're at right now. 
And I want you to imagine that there are ropes with weights at the bottom of them and they're the weights are anchoring you down into the earth. So if you've been feeling a little flighty or scattered or disorganized before this, I want you to feel very rooted, like you are literally being pulled down and it's just bringing you a lot of comfort. Breathe in through your stomach. Really let your belly expand with that breath. Breathe out. And I want you to just continue feeling very rooted, very much back inside your body right now. And now I kind of I want you to think about some of the interactions you've had that came before this. Maybe it's evening for you right now, maybe it's morning and you might want to think about the day before, but just think of some recent interactions you've had with, with other people, whether they were positive and they felt good or whether they were a little bit heavier or stressful. Bring some of those interactions to mind. And I want you to imagine that with each of these interactions, there is a cord that is connected to you. And maybe some of these interactions drained the energy from you and it took a little bit out of you and it made you feel a little bit more tired or more depleted. And maybe some of these interactions gave you energy and gave you more vibrance and maybe filled you with a little bit more love. I just want to take you to take notice now just how you were impacted by some of these different interactions you've had recently. And now I want us to imagine we're cutting the cords to all of these interactions. The ones that felt good and the ones that felt not so good. Picture whatever resonates with you. Maybe it's a big golden scissors. Maybe you're, you're burning that cord off of you. Maybe you're just imagining it disintegrating now. Take a moment to imagine those cords are no longer attached to you. And as you see each of these cords start to fall away, you get more and more back into your own energy. You get to notice how good it feels to just be in your own energy. Keep taking deep breaths into your stomach here. Feel yourself rooted to the earth. As you imagine any of those last chords just falling away now as you return to your own glorious, beautiful energy.
let's just take a, a few moments to just really soak that in. And the last thing I would love for you to do is now that you're back in your own energetic space, you've dropped those cords, I want you to imagine a shield around you and you can picture it in whatever color you like, whatever feels good to you. Maybe it's glowing pink, maybe it's gold and sparkly, whatever that looks like for you. Imagine this shield this energetic shield is forming around you now and it's holding in all of that energy. All of your energy is held within this shield. And any energy, anything outside of you that tries to come in, it bounces off that shield. I say that we want to cut the cords to the, the positive interactions and the difficult interactions because I think it's important for us to always know how to return to our own energy and not be too attached to other people being responsible for how good or not good we feel. It's wonderful to be able to, you know, share love with somebody and, and feel feel their energy, their positive energy, but it's also important to be able to do that for ourselves. So I just want you to take one last moment here, really soak in the feeling of just being in your own body and feeling really safe and comfortable. And whenever you're ready, you can slowly blink open your eyes and you can come back to the room. All right, I love a good cord cutting meditation. So if, let me know in the comments if any of you have done those before, or if that's the first time you've ever done that, um, because this is something I'm gonna, this is a practice I use to set energetic boundaries for myself. And it's something I always share with other HSPs because we are so prone to pick up other people's energy and moods and emotions and so I think it's important for us to know how to get back into our own energy. That was great. Oh, you're welcome. I'm reading some comments. I set a boundary last night which was really empowering. Congrats. Oh, good for you. That's such a good feeling. Oh, I see Mallory had a great job interview. I've been realizing past avoidance. Yep needing to learn how to manage that so I don't do those behaviors. Yes, the self-awareness. Oh, I love these comments, you guys. Way to set the mood. I use my shield technique daily. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I'm. this is awesome. First time, but I'll use it again. Amazing. Yes. Okay, and I do have a, a cord cutting meditation that I have for free. I can share the link in here after this, too, if you want to, like, ever use that for yourself. That's something I have. So if you like, like that style, it's very similar to what I just led you all through. So I'm glad you guys liked it. And I feel like it's just helpful for us to get back into our own energy because I certainly had a busy day before this. And so I needed to 
kind of return to myself. Okay, so we have a lot packed in today and this is going to be, I think this is going to be really helpful information. So let's dive into it. So the first thing I really wanted to talk about was nervous system regulation basics um, and really kind of understanding what that means for highly sensitive people. Um, and I'm happy to say that I, like I shared with you all yesterday, I have my HSP membership community where I bring in a different guest expert every month. And um, for the month of August, our topic is nervous system regulation. So I brought in um, a therapist to speak on this and I learned so much from her and it was really helpful. So I'm getting to now share some of the wisdom I learned from her to uh, share even better information with you guys. So anyway, the nervous system is really the body system that's going to be communicating the brain to the to the rest of our body. Um, it's it's really in in charge of keeping us in balance and keeping us in homeostasis. So the way Brooke, the therapist, explained it that I I really resonated with me was, it's like when we're hot and our body we're just getting it's really hot outside and we're feeling really hot and it's just like too much for us. Eventually, our body has to regulate and come to homeostasis. So we're sweating or we're doing, you know, pouring cold water or whatever to get ourselves back to a more balanced, manageable state. And that that really made sense to me. And so that was kind of how I was understanding the nervous system. It's here to help us kind of return to a state of balance. And for for highly sensitive people we are going to get out of balance uh, with our nervous systems just more easily. We just have more finely tuned, sensitive nervous systems. So the way Brooke, again, I'm just re referring to her a lot. She, she really made sense to me. She explained that we're going to have a zone of tolerance with our nervous system that feels very, very comfortable. It's that homeostasis, that um, regulated state where when we're in that regulated state, we can think clearly, we can... Um, feel more like our emotions feel manageable life feels manageable it's not like things don't feel overwhelming we just feel good however when we get into a hyper aroused and we get to a state where we're kind of like out of that comfortable place um, that's when we're going to feel anxious overwhelmed frazzled like oh my gosh I can't do one more thing I can't even think straight um, our heart's pounding we just feel like everything is too much that's when we're in this like hyper aroused state and then there's also a state where we will be hypo. So it's like we're going below that optimal level. And this is when we're, we're okay, Mallory, the green zone. Yes. And so this is when we're going below that and we're feeling this, we're feeling disconnected, lethargic. We're feeling the desire to numb out and just like close out the world. So really what we want to do is find ways to regulate ourselves and stay in that green zone, that safe zone, the, the zone that feels really good for ourselves. This is really the optimal place. But like I said, for highly sensitive people, it's simply easier for us to get out of that optimal state. And so one of the, the key parts of being a highly sensitive person is the way that we get overwhelmed more easily. And it is one of the things, like I will say, being a highly sensitive person is amazing. Like, I love it. But that is one of the parts that is genuinely hard that it's not my favorite because it just is, you know, it's a pain sometimes and that's okay. But the point is we can learn tools and ways to manage that. So I think it's important for us to kind of understand what it feels like when we're getting into those states of hyper hypo arousal where we're just out of that comfort zone and we're feeling like it's too much. So 
understanding the things that make you feel anxious and overwhelmed and stressed and understanding the times that you're going to feel more like disconnected and like numbing out. Because honestly, this is just going to be part of our lives. And so we want to know how to manage it. And I also want to note that what Brooke explained to me is that most often, not all the time, but most often we will first go into that hyper state where we're just like anxious, overwhelmed, and we're like, oh my gosh. And eventually we're in that state for so long that we go to that low place after that because we're like, I cannot handle anymore. This is too much. I'm done. We close ourselves into a room. We're just like this. I'm done. So I'm sure probably some of you can relate to that. Many of you can relate. I know I can. It's like that whole burnout thing when we're just like going, going, going. And then all of a sudden we hit that wall and we're just like, I need to take a nap for like five days straight. Like it's just too much. So we want to try to do things to keep us in that optimal state as much as we can and get ahead of it. So we're not always kind of doing damage control. So some ways that you can kind of just get yourself back to a calm centered state. I'll just share some like tools and tips and things that that I find really helpful. So for one, a weighted blanket. I love a weighted blanket. It is so great to have. I will sometimes wear a weighted blanket on my lap when I have a bunch of Zoom meetings because it kind of makes me feel weighed down. That was like one of the things, obviously that's the point, it makes you feel weighed down, but it makes me feel grounded. It makes me feel comforted and safe. And that was kind of the visual I wanted to bring to you guys too when we did the, the meditation, just like, it just feels comforting to be like, okay, I'm grounded. Because a lot of times we feel like we're up in the air and we're like, I don't even know what's going on. So weighted blankets, great. Belly breaths. This just like sends a signal to your body to slow down, like to calm down. It kind of gets you back to a more rest and digest, calming state. So don't underestimate the simplicity of just taking a slow, deep breath into your belly. Um, another one of my favorites, I love this. Okay, so this is called, this point right here, it's between my, your pinky and your ring finger. It's this, this soft part. I want you to press on that. And this is called your gamut point. It's um, a point in acupressure and emotional freedom technique, which is a technique I love. I'll talk about that in a second. If you press this, you might notice that it actually kind of makes you feel a little bit calmer. Um, and it's stimulating your vagus nerve. And then that sends a signal to your body to just kind of relax. Um, and so this is a point that I learned a couple of years ago and I use it all of the time. You can also tap on this point and you can say like an affirmation or something. You could say, I am safe, I am safe. And you can repeat that to yourself. And this is a great thing to turn to if you're like in a meeting, you're feeling stressed, just like whew, hit that point. So those are a couple of things that you can do also Another, on the other side, when you're feeling very disconnected, numb, lethargic, it's really important to stimulate the senses. So having maybe an essential oil that invigorates you, maybe like lemon or something like that, getting up and dancing, moving around, eating crunchy food, like stimulating the senses. These are things that are going to help you feel more, lift you back up more into that regulated state. Um, and another thing I do want to say too is like I touched on yesterday, trauma is going to impact highly sensitive people more significantly than non-HSPs. And so when we do, when we have had a significant trauma in our life, it is going to be harder for us to know, like be able to regulate our nervous system. We can't actually get stuck 
in either the hyper or the hypo and it's going to be harder for us to regulate so with that that's where it's always important like i said yesterday to be working with a mental health professional with a therapist psychotherapist make sure you're getting that support if you are in that place because i'm a huge advocate of getting support and you know working with with professionals there what i'm sharing with you here these are some tools that are just like easy things to kind of turn to Another thing though that I think is really important that I tell all of the HSPs that I work with is you gotta know how to put your armor on for the day. I always say this to people. And so what I mean by this is setting yourself up for the day so that no matter what happens in your day, you kind of have your armor on, you have these practices that set you up for success. It's kind of like, I, I picture it like you're making deposits into a bank account for yourself. I'll give you some practical examples. So a morning routine, I think whatever you can do, whatever you have time for is really helpful for HSPs. For us, transitions can become overwhelming for us. So, you know, when you're rushing to work or when you have meetings back to back to back, transitions are very, can be feel very overwhelming for us. So I think anytime we can create an atmosphere of peace and slowness for ourselves, it's really important for us to do that. So huge on the morning ritual. And for me, I'm a huge advocate for meditation. It really changed my life. I used to be such an anxious overthinker and I swear daily meditation has changed the way my brain is wired, the way I react to things. It's so much more of a response rather than a knee jerk reaction. And I truly have meditation to think. With that, I would say, five to 10 minute guided meditation, start small. Don't overwhelm yourself if it's your first time, but really like having some sort of comp, I always have trouble with this word, contemplative uh, practice, I hope I said that right, in the morning is really helpful. Um, another thing I'm a huge advocate for is movement and finding movement that you actually like, that you're actually gonna do. So for me i used to avoid working out because i hated it i didn't like the high intensity stuff it just was like blah but what i do love is low impact pilates yoga i find it very calming and it's a way to just feel really connected to my body so that is that's something i would recommend as well just having some sort of movement even if it's like going for a walk that's another thing or like tending to your garden journaling reading a couple chapters of a book whatever you can do in the morning that brings you that sense of calm um, because I just really want you to start having that vision of putting your armor on because then no matter what happens in your day, if you go to work and your boss is in a bad mood and you get all this stuff thrown on your plate, you've made those deposits into your bank account and you did these things. So every stressful thing I like to envision as like a withdrawal from your bank account. And I just find that you have a higher tolerance when you do these practices that are really nourishing for your mind, body, spirit all of that so that's really really important and also just having again like the little practices throughout the day pressing on this point breathing into your belly uh taking breaks for a walk if you're able to um also just like moving around dancing around shaking it out shaking is huge like shaking the energy out i think a lot of times when we're sitting and we're just like stressed out and hunched up like imagine all of that like energy just staying in your body like it needs to it needs to be released. So I definitely recommend trying some of these things. Um, and the last thing I'll say on this too that was really helpful for me, it was like a huge unlock, was just being more mindful of the foods that I ate. 
I'm very much, I don't like rigidity. I don't like anyone saying like, you can't do this and you have to do this. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But I will say that there were certain things that supported me as a highly sensitive person. So for HSPs, we do have a tendency to be more sensitive to caffeine and sugar. And if our blood sugar drops and we're really hungry, we can feel more impacted by it. So for me personally, I, I do drink coffee, but I have one cup a day. I don't do more than that. And that feels good to me. Um, and I try to avoid as much as I can having lots of uh, refined sugar. So, you know, just trying to do more like honey or maple syrup, but not so much of that, that white refined sugar. That really helped me just, yeah, feel more calm. It made a huge impact on my anxiety. Okay, I'm going to read a question here. Any tip on how to start a morning routine? I've tried and I can't stick to it. So I truly say start really, really small here. I think a lot of times we we have this like, we try to go super far in with like a new thing and then it we kind of set ourselves up to not do it. So start really small. So maybe that's like, okay, this this week I'm going to wake up 20 minutes earlier. Like not saying, oh, I'm going to get up two hours earlier, 20 minutes earlier, and I'm going to do a five minute meditation. Making it really small, I think it's, if we make it too big, we're going to set ourselves up to not follow through. Um, and also kind of be aware of what type of like habit, habit keeper you are, or what, you know, what works for you. For instance, some people do really well when they have an accountability buddy where you're like, okay, you know, they keep you in check and they make sure that you're following through on the things that you said you were going to do. So if you have a person like that in your life that you, you know, you want to challenge yourself to, maybe that works for you. But also just like, yeah, add in one new habit and don't overwhelm yourself, especially for us HSPs. We got to like start small. It just like for me, for instance, just to share how I started my meditation, it first started out with um, there's like driving meditations you can listen to on YouTube where it's like, oh, feel the steering wheel, like all the things like that, like it's designed for driving. And I started out doing that because I was like, well, I don't have time to wake up early. And then I was doing that, I was doing that. And then I was like, well, I wonder what it would be like to just like close my eyes and do it. Um, and so I worked my way to doing that and I found that I loved it and I started making more time for it. So don't put a lot of pressure on yourself and also like be, be open to trying different things because what works for me may not work for you. Not every, not seated meditation is not for everyone, but I do say have to, having something that helps you kind of connect back to yourself and slow down and feel more peaceful and calm is really, really important. Okay, I wanted to talk about also managing, draining people, situations, um, boundaries, all of that. So first, let's talk about as energy leaks. This is a concept that has been pretty much a game changer for me that's helped me a ton. So if you're the type of person who tends to overburden yourself with really long to-do to-do lists and you like you feel like you're always thinking of a million things and it's hard for you to focus and you get overwhelmed really easily which I think all of us do since we're HSPs if you're you know that type of person where just like having a lot of things kind of makes you feel overwhelmed I think it's really important to find the places and people in your life that are sucking your energy that are where your energy is leaking out and I want to speak to this specifically to uh, the tasks that you have in your life. So, and like your space. So an energy leak can be something as like as simple as having a messy kitchen. 
every time you walk past your kitchen and you see those dishes in your sink, there's like a low level of just like, oh, that really bothers me. I don't like seeing that and that feels stressful. Or think about like that thing on your to-do list that you keep putting off. Maybe it's like you have to call your insurance company. That's one I have to do. Or you have to go get your oil changed. Like that thing that is just like really weighing on you and it's over your head and you're like, whatever, like it's fine. It's, you know, I'll get to it later. Things like this, like the messy kitchen, the, the to-do that you don't want to do, these are things that like leak your energy. It's something where it's like, it, I'm very big on like visuals. So it's a thing that's like, imagine your computer tabs. It's this tab that's open in the background and your desktop looks messy and it's just like hanging over you. So I think it's like really helpful for HSPs. I know this has been a game changer for me, uh, really simplifying and getting rid of some of those things that are leaking out your energy. So just imagine all of these little things in your life that are kind of like sucking up your time and energy. Um, and also, like, I guess I will say with people too, there are going to be some of the people in our life that, you know, that friend that we're always taking care of and they're never asking how we're doing. And it's just like every time we're around them, we end up feeling more depleted. Like that's an energy leak. And so these are things that we can kind of try to close up some of those leaks. So get some of those small to-do thing to-dos done, uh, declutter your space, do, your, do the dishes, um, set a boundary with that friend, you know, things like this, like this is important because it's really about simplifying and then making our space feel more like our own. It belongs to us. Um, so I would love if you guys would say in the comments, maybe some things that you're recognizing in your life that might be an energy leak. Just some of the things that I mentioned. Amy says, yes, I've had friends like that. It's hard to pull away, but necessary, yes. And you'll know it's one of those friendships where every time after you're done spending time with them, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm just exhausted. Like, you don't feel better. And I think that the relationships in our life should be adding to us, you know? It should be giving us more. It should be uplifting us. And also, too, like I say, like we get overwhelmed by things like clutter and just like messy spaces sometimes because it's just we're we're noticing so much as HSPs we are we're processing very deeply so these things can become really distressing to us okay I'm reading some of the comments here clutter around the house yes too much social media mm-hmm that one yes totally finding a new dentist yes why is that stuff so hard I hate doing that too post-op recovery not being on a yeah being off your schedule can totally rattle you finishing doing going through clothes and holiday decorations. Oh my gosh, totally. Having to fix tasks for others. Yes. Feeling overwhelmed when I think about organizing the closet. I'm the same way in my, yeah. Doom scrolling on social media, clutter, cleaning out closets, unloading the dishwasher. It's so funny because if there's the things that are like, yeah, it takes five minutes, but we just like put it off. Oh man. Friendships. Yep, hard friendships, roommates, information overload when learning something new. Yes, yes, yes. I see spaces. Yeah, I like Facebook. I like Instagram way better. I like Instagram better too. But I wish that, I wish Instagram would have like this kind of, I guess we have IG Live, but I like the live here better. But yes, um, thank you guys. Gossip, clutter, sudden changes drive me crazy. Yeah, totally. All these answers are so relatable and totally hear you on this. Um, and one thing that I'm also wanting to share on this too, that I have was an unexpected energy leak for me that 
has been huge is multitasking. I used to be such a multitasker and I would have, like I would literally simultaneously be doing like two or three things at once. And I was like, whatever, like I thought it was fine. But I learned that when I, I felt very, I felt so much more flustered and overwhelmed when I was multitasking. And it, it frustrated me because I felt like I was making an inch of progress in a bunch of different directions. I wasn't making any meaningful progress in anything I was doing because I was always so scattered. And so again, it felt like I had all of those tabs open and I was just trying to do all of these things. And so again, for HSPs, like one of the gifts of our trait is depth of processing. So we do have the ability to, when we choose to, we can really focus deeply and we can notice details and patterns and connections. And so I think it's actually really to our benefit to work on just doing one thing at a time, single tasking, and seeing some, something through to completion. I have really made that shift over the past six months and I really feel a difference in my nervous system. Like I just feel a lot more sense of calm and it's just very clear on what's important to me. So that's another thing like, and I know sometimes we have to multitask, like I'm, I'm aware like jobs and like if you're a parent and all of that, like there are gonna be times where, where it's like just part of part of the job but when you can try to make it a point to single task and just see how it affects your system and one other practical i'll say on that too just in relation to all of this the energy leaks and everything um really try to minimize that to-do list i used to have like 10 things on my my to-do list and i would get to the end of my day and be super disappointed in myself because i didn't do all of the things and now what i've done that works for me is I have a list of tasks for the week ahead and then I just pick like three tasks from that master list and I I choose which day I'm going to do it on like the night before I'm literally like okay these three things feel doable to me so that's been really helpful again just take what resonates for you and then also make sure I would say like we're so you know we're so about like being productive and doing you know getting our all our to-dos done if you're trying to add more feel-good practices into your life, if you're trying to make self-care a priority, start adding something positive that feels good onto that to-do list. So maybe it's, okay, I'm gonna read one chapter of my book. I'm gonna go for a 30-minute walk. I'm going to call my girlfriend, like that. that's always so fun to talk with, whatever, like add that onto to your to-do list because it's a way that you're, again, like we talked about yesterday, prioritizing yourself, showing yourself love, all of that. like. That's really powerful. Okay, now I really want to want to kind of shift into the topic of boundaries, which is a huge one, and there's a lot here. So, like I said yesterday, boundaries are the way that we teach people how to treat us. They're the way we can really, it's a way to help us manage our experience and set expectations. It's also another way I like to think of it is it's a way that we create space around the things that matter to us. I used to think that boundaries seemed rigid. I thought that boundaries were just like, oh, if you have a you know, um, difficult family member, you have to set a boundary. But now I really see like, yes, it is, you know, it's a way to teach others to treat us. It's, it's setting that expectation, but it also is a way to create space for the things that matter to us. And that made a lot of sense to me because when you don't have boundaries, it's gonna look like you're gonna have all those energy leaks, you're spending time with people that don't make you feel good, you're doing all of these projects that you don't actually feel like you have time for and they don't they don't actually you know matter to you. 
you're doing, you're spending all this time on things that aren't good for you. And so you don't like, because you don't have boundaries around the things that do matter to you. Another thing I like is like when you're saying, every time you're saying yes to something, you might be saying no to something that actually matters to you. Like there's going to be a trade-off. And so when we perpetually are saying yes to everyone else, we're always helping, we're always picking up the phone, we're always there for people, but we're not checking in with ourselves. Like we're perpetuating that belief that like, oh, my time doesn't matter. My energy doesn't matter. Like their needs come before mine. And so it's really like, this is all an action oriented thing. Like when we take action to protect our time and energy with having boundaries, we're then sending that self-worth um, signal back to ourselves. You know, it's like, we're saying, oh, like my time and energy is, is really worth it and it matters. And so people are always like, okay, how do I set boundaries? Like, where do I start? And so I'll say what I said with starting a, a routine, like start really small, start really, really small. To me, it's about getting into the energy of setting boundaries. Like you have to kind of get familiar with what that even feels like before you go for some big, big boundary. So I always use this example, like say you have a friend that always texts you and they always have a, an issue and they're always like, oh, it's like the latest drama. And usually you pick up your phone right away, you get sucked in, you might be like working and all of a sudden you're just sucked into your phone texting your friend back. So a small boundary could be you texting them and saying, hey, I'm in the middle of something right now, but I can text you back in two hours. That's actually a boundary. That's a small boundary that you can set. And then, you know, again, their reaction is their reaction is their responsibility. You know what I mean? So this is where I want you to start seeing again the, the personal res responsibility piece. If you're always feeling frustrated that this friend is impo impeding on your time and it just feels like, oh, like I don't have time for myself. That's an example. That's a place that you need to set a boundary to protect your energy and space it in space. Another example of a small boundary you can set, I would say just actually what I would say is always make sure you're first practicing this with somebody that you feel safe and comfortable with. Um, I'll give you another example. So I am always collaborating with my friend Ben. We, we like work on projects together. And so we meet on Zoom uh, like every single week. And I was going through a season where I was really busy and I just felt like, gosh, I don't have time. And so I was contemplating, I'm like, oh, I just feel bad canceling on him. I don't think I should cancel on him. I don't want him to think that I'm flaky. But I also knew that he was, he's a friend of mine and he was not going to get mad at me if I needed to cancel, if I needed to reschedule. Um, and so that was an example. I, I brought it up to him. I'm like, hey, I actually like can't meet for the next two weeks. He's like, okay, no problem. Totally fine. And so for me, it got, gave me the energy of advocating for myself and for my own time. And because I did that with a person that I felt completely safe with. So that's a good example. Or that's an example I think is helpful. Okay, I just wanted to read this comment here. Work is hardest to set boundaries when taking on new work. Being supportive team player. Yes. Okay, so here's a way that you can kind of practice boundaries at work. And I forget, I saw this on somebody's Instagram that I thought was so helpful. So let's say that your boss keeps giving you projects and you're looking at your to-do list and you're like, holy crap, I have so many things. When they give you another project, you can come back with, to them in a very respectful way and say, okay, I have these four things on my list right now. Which of these should come off? Like, which is priority right now and which 
which one is not necessary right now. Like kind of um, understanding, being very clear that there is a trade-off. And I don't think this is a thing where it's like you being lazy or you being disrespectful. It's more about you being realistic with what you actually have time for. And you can even frame it like, hey, I, I really want to do a, a great job on this, but right now I'm feeling a little bit spread thin. So let me know which, which of these is most important and then I will deprioritize this task. So hopefully that's like a practical example of, of the way that you can, um, you know, kind of try that out at work. I also think a lot of times that we, we think that not like always saying yes to things and always being available makes us seem like a nicer, better person. But I'm sure some of you can think of people that you know that are always, always like saying yes to everything and they're always burnt out. Maybe that's you. Um, I don't think it necessarily gives that vibe like, oh man, like that person's great because they're always giving their time away. To me, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. Like I wish that person realized that they had, that their time was valuable. Um, I can think of a specific person that I've worked with in the past who was always saying yes and always working really late. And I'm like, oh man, that's like, that's not great. So I want you to start, kind of start shifting the way you see boundaries. It's not like you being a mean person. It's not you being a bad employee. It's about you honoring yourself and your time. Because when you show your self-respect by, you know, valuing your time, other people will will have more respect for you as well. It's like when we see a person who knows that their time is valuable, we kind of see, oh yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, they are a valuable person. So it kind of just goes back to um, the self-worth piece as well. And we have to believe that we're worthy of setting those boundaries. And so all of this is really interconnected. But I will say that you will find when you start taking the small actions and setting the small boundaries, you're going to be so proud of yourself. I, when I saw one of your comments at the beginning here, you set a boundary last night and you're, that felt really good. I, I just, I feel that for you. And I totally get that. It's like, heck yeah, I can do this. Okay. I struggle with setting boundaries in romantic relationships, especially at the beginning for sure. And that, that can, that is a tough thing. I will say, like I kind of said yesterday too, it's setting boundaries. is going to be uncomfortable but it's the thing I want to get across is like, we can handle the discomfort. We can survive the discomfort. There's always going to be that trade-off. Like I said yesterday, it's either you, uh, you let them get away with whatever they want and then you end up feeling resentful or kind of like your time doesn't matter. Or you deal with the discomfort of, you know, standing up and saying, oh, this is, this is where I draw the line. And you may have some discomfort there, but ultimately you get to feel proud of yourself. So it's not like we're ever going to be, we're never going to be able to f avoid feeling uncomfortable, but we have to know that we can survive that. And the more you flex that muscle, the stronger it's going to get and the better it's going to get. So that's why I say start small, get into that energy, and you'll start to feel more and more confident in your ability to set bigger boundaries. Um, another thing too is like boundaries with ourselves. I I love this, this idea. This is a good a good thing for us to practice as well. So boundaries with yourself can look like not being on your phone very first thing in the morning. If you're constantly like picking up your phone right away and then you're feeling like it gets your day off to a weird start, a boundary with yourself is I will not pick up my phone until after I have meditated for 10 minutes and journaled or whatever. Boundary with yourself can be, you know, I'm not going to watch the news for like right before bed or whatever, things like that. Things, if there are things in your life that you know that you're doing that aren't making you feel good and it's kind of imposing on 
your time and energy for the things you actually want to be doing. Remember, it's like your boundaries create space for that. We do that with ourselves too. So just be mindful of the things that that are kind of sucking up your energy and not not conducive to to the life that you want to live. So that's a big one there. Now, energetic boundaries. So this, what we talked about is more physical boundaries, but now let's talk about energetic boundaries. This kind of relates back to what I said at the, or what I began this session with, with the, the cord cutting meditation. So seriously, one of the biggest things that I hear from HSPs is like, oh my gosh, I feel so drained by the people around me. I, I just walk into a room and I suck up all the energy and it totally affects me. So I want to first return back to what we talked about yesterday, which is coming at all of this work from an empowered versus a disempowered state. So we want to come at this from an empowered state and take responsibility, you know, take ownership of our own experience. So I think that a lot of times, like I see a lot of accounts on social media where it says, you know, empaths, HSPs are like sponges and we just take everything on. Yes, we totally have, you know, more, we are more apt to pick things up. We are, because we're so much more sensitive to energy, we notice the small things. However, I really don't think that has to be our story. And I think we can actually have, have sovereignty over our experience. So the theory I like that makes a lot of sense to me is being a thermostat versus a thermometer. So Think about it. A thermostat sets the temperature of the room. A thermometer picks up the energy of the room, or it picks up the temperature of the room. So a lot of sensitive people are the thermometers. We walk in and, you know, maybe we're at 70 degrees and, you know, people are really stressed out in there and we're at 120. We're all of a sudden just like all over the place versus the thermostat just sets the energy and it's like, okay, this is where I'm at. So I want us all to really strive to be more like the this thermostat. And so what I mean by that is being intentional before you go into a space and deciding what type of energy you want to be in when you go into that space. A lot of times uh, we just walk in, we're like, oh, this is going to be so stressful. And like, oh, I don't know, like who's going to be there and this is really going to affect me. And this is then again, letting us be kind of victims to our environment rather than us being mindful of what we want to bring to the space because we have powerful energy too we can be in control of our own experience. So we've all like, and we've all kind of been here. I think I used to be the, for that person who was like, oh man, my day is ruined because this person just had a bad vibe. So I really want you to start kind of thinking before you go into a, a setting where you're going to be around people, a Zoom meeting or an in-person social event, get quiet before you go and ground yourself. Do something similar like we did with the grounding meditation get back into your own energetic space. What does it feel like to be in this space? What does it feel like to be in my energy? And be intentional before you go into that place. And maybe it's putting that shield around yourself to know that you're really protecting your own energy um, and imagining their energy kind of bouncing off of you. I think that's, that's a huge one. And that's something that I like to practice. There's also this practice called me, not me. And so it's really getting clear on what it feels like to be in your body and your energy. And you can do this when you're anywhere, like, you know, in, in the, the real moment. So I do this all the time when I'm like sitting on the couch with my husband, because I, I think we have a big tendency to kind of pick up the energy of, you know, the people that we're closest with, because we're so connected to them. 
And I, I just don't want to always be picking up his energy. And so I'll practice, okay, what does it feel like to be me? What is my, what, what does my body feel like sitting on the couch? Um, you know, like being very aware of what my breathing feels like. And then I'll imagine that energetic shield around myself and really imagine that he has that hit for himself too. And we are two separate beings. And I think this is powerful because I think we can show up better for the people in our lives when we are more incongruent and being authentic to ourselves rather than feeling like we're really just like picking up everyone else's stuff. Back to what I shared yesterday about a lot of us struggling with people pleasing. I think this is all really related. A lot of times we found safety in being very attuned to other people's emotions and moods, so much so that we kind of lost touch with what ours actually were. And it might have been something that kept you safe. It might have been something that got you validation and love. Wherever you're at with all of this and whatever realizations you're having with yourself, I don't want you to judge yourself or feel ashamed for how you, you know, may have navigated things in the past. I think just being aware is really helpful. So that if you're noticing, gosh, I'm always picking up and I'm always chameleoning, chameleoning myself to everyone else around me, understand where that might have come from. And know that we can definitely rewire it. And it just takes practices to really get back into that space. And so all of this is really connected. All of it. It's the self-worth. It's the setting boundaries and really honoring your space. And getting back in touch with who you are. Because when you're doing these practices to build your self-worth and really connect with yourself, it becomes easier to feel into our own energy and understand what we need. Okay, how do we draw the line between drawing boundaries versus just avoiding people who have hurt us even if they did, did not intend to? That's a big question. So I think, I feel like inside we often can kind of tell if you, if you get quiet and you sit with it, there is definitely an, a difference between avoidance and, you know, having, having walls up to protect ourselves and then having a healthy boundary. Because I think healthy boundary is like you're creating a, you're creating a, a fence with a door and somebody could walk through it. It's kind of like you're creating the, I think maybe I'm going to call out Matt Lanzadell again. I think he might've used this metaphor before. So here we are again, because it's like, like I said, boundaries teach people how to treat us. And so it's kind of like, okay, if you meet these requirements, then you may walk through the door versus a wall is like, nope, I'm cutting you off and you are never coming back in. And I think, of course, it's up to us to discern what we are okay with and what is completely unexcusable, unforgivable behavior. But like from this comment, it says, if they have hurt us, even though they did not intend to. I'm a big, big fan of forgiveness. I think, you know, when we're blocking ourselves off and we're kind of staying angry, like it's not really helping us to stay upset and angry with somebody and kind of hold on to that feeling inside. So I think having the discernment there and kind of understanding, is this a healthy boundary or am I, am I putting up a wall? And again, we all have our own coping strategies depending on what's happened to us in life. So if you do find yourself kind of going to that place of like self-protection, put up a wall, numbing out, getting away, avoiding, you know, that's probably some sort of coping mechanism and we can, it's okay from what we've learned in the past, but we can start changing moving forward. And I'll go back to what I said at the beginning, if you're always kind of avoiding and things like that, like, you know, working with a mental health professional is, is really important with, with getting through those types of things. The last thing I want to touch on is really our ability to use our emotions as a compass and be really in tune with our emotions and not let them 
move us all over the place, but rather have them be something that gently nudges us and kind of something that we pay attention to in a healthy way that doesn't totally blow us around. I, a lot of times, um, highly sensitive people and myself included will kind of be like, man, being sensitive sucks. It's so hard to be sensitive because I'm always so impacted by how I feel and like my emotions just can be so overwhelming for me. So I have found that with these practices I've shared with the nervous system regulation practices and just knowing how to check in with yourself really help you to learn how to regulate your emotion emotions in a more healthy way. A lot of times, you know, at least for myself, I would get into these disagreements and I would blow up right away because I just was like so overwhelmed and I just didn't know how to regulate my emotions. And so what I found is having that stillness practice in the morning and having ways to kind of check in and assess the level that I'm at has been really, really helpful for me in getting to a place of more response versus reaction. And so I think that it's important for us to respect the emotions that come up rather than trying to like push them out or be like, no, this is bad. It's important for us to like use it as kind of a compass and kind of a a signal like, oh, okay, I'm feeling this way. I wonder what's beneath the surface here. Um, because if there's something that's triggering us, you know, there's something to look at. So I'll give an example here, like something that kind of came up for me was I, I had gotten this, I had sent out an email, a mass email, and I had gotten this woman wrote back a really hurtful response to me. And it really, it was so personal. It really hurt my feelings. And I just felt like so thrown off and I was, you know, my immediate reaction, I just wanted to never send an email again and I was so ashamed and I felt so bad about myself and I was like, wow, everyone probably hates me and things like that. But I've been doing this work and so then I took a step back and I'm like, okay, what's beneath the surface here? Why, you know, why am I feeling so hurt by this? What's going on? You know, instead of berating myself for being so sensitive. So I got curious about it and I kind of realized, oh, what's beneath the surface? Well, this person made me feel like I, you know, their their response triggered this feeling of me, me not being good enough and me not being smart enough. And this is kind of like a core wound for myself. It's like, oh, not feeling smart enough, not feeling good enough. That response triggered that in me. And it would have been really easy for me to be like, oh my gosh, that person's so mean. And like, yes, I don't think anyone should take the time to send a mean email to somebody who's like trying to help others. But trying to take personal responsibility here. So I was able to see, okay, this triggered me because, because of this that's happened to me. And instead of like letting this ruin my night, I then I remember I went and took a bubble bath and I just like kind of did some things that were calming for me. And it was kind of just showing myself love after I had kind of had that difficult situation. So I think being able to like tune into our bodies and listen to what it's telling us rather than trying to push it away or think that it's bad. I think that's really important. In, or, in order for us to be able to regulate and give ourselves what we need. I always think too that being an HSP is, is kind of a blessing. I mean, I really think it's a blessing actually because it's forced me to get so in tune with myself and really understand what my body is telling me. Because like I said, I, yesterday I found out I was an HSP after I had dealt with some really bad digestive issues. and. I got those di digestive issues because I'm so sensitive. And because of those digestive issues and finding out I was an, an HSP, I now am into meditation and I'm now doing this kind of work and I know myself really well and I'm able to 
understand, oh, when my stomach, you know, when my stomach hurts after I have this type of interaction, I understand where that might have came from. So I have found that being an HSP is actually pretty awesome because I don't have, we don't have a choice to be numb to the world around us. Like our bodies are loud. They're going to tell us what they need. We're sensitive. We're going to be aware. And instead of trying to like push that out and be like, oh my gosh, this sucks. We can actually use it as signals and ways to get to know ourselves on a deeper level. Um, so for that, I'm really grateful. And I would like invite you to kind of start seeing it from that lens for yourself. Like this is a gift. Like I said yesterday, it's like, we're not high maintenance. We just have high standards. Like our bodies have high standards. And when we start really tuning in and listening to our bodies and honoring our experience, it just comes full circle. And it's a really beautiful way to really get to know ourselves on a deeper level and, and take really good care of ourselves. So yes, okay, I'm just gonna look at some of these comments here. Okay, so it's hard to think in this way in the moment. So I applaud you for doing so. Thank you, Becca. Those kind of people are such gifts because they expose the parts of us that still need attention and love. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for saying, I'm sorry she said those things. Yeah, people, I'm getting more and more rude messages on social media. It's just like part of the, the thing. So, but yes, thank you so much for saying that. And it's so true. So I, I really like, it takes time to get to that place where we're like, these triggers are shining like a spotlight of areas we can heal and love ourselves more. But, you know, it takes practice. And as we kind of work through that, you'll begin to um, be able to do that more easily. Yes. Okay. I find that I often have massive imposter syndrome and my emotions can be a base around that, particularly feelings of not feeling good enough or shame. Yes. I, I totally hear you on the imposter syndrome. And I think this too just keeps coming back to I guess I'm just a big person on taking action and showing ourselves the ways that like, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm putting myself out there instead of letting, you know, letting somebody potentially judging us or whatever, you know, cause us to retreat and hide away. Because like I said, it's like, we always have the trade-off either we, we do it and we feel really uncomfortable or we don't do it. And then we kind of have regret or we always wonder what if, and I know it's easier said than done, but I think a lot of times we think that people know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing. And people, you know, we often think people like have it all figured out and they totally don't. We're all just kind of like stumbling around, uh, which I, I think is helpful to remember too. Okay. I'm just reading a few more of these. Listening and being curious is something I'm trying to practice. I often feel my trigger lies in being, feeling disrespected. Yeah, totally hear that. Me too. Also like not being listened to. A friend of mine once said that we are lucky to be sensitive because we get to feel things deeply. So when we love, we really love. And that is a gift. Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. That's exactly the vibe. Like I want everyone to feel is like we get the full spectrum and it's deep, but that's a beautiful thing. It's like a, there's a lot of richness and depth to it. And I think that's really cool. Okay. So I can't believe we're already at one hour. I feel like that flew by. Thank you so much everyone for joining me for this and like for everyone's like amazing participation it's been so fun and i'm like sad that it's over i feel like it went so fast and i love doing this but like i said yesterday uh, my hsp membership is opening for enrollment kind of want to continue this and you want to continue the learning and really dive in deeper on these hsp topics like that is definitely the place to do it for instance, we really deep dive into like all sorts of different topics. So there's the relationships module. Um, we've gone into people pleasing. We've done a whole month on setting boundaries. 
nervous system regulation. One of my favorite months was a month on self-healing where I talked all about noticing those triggers and instead and being more curious about them rather than them totally taking us down. So that's like a module that people can keep returning back to. Um, and when you're in the membership, you get you get access to all past month's content. So there's now literally a whole year of content and each month includes a different meditation led by me. So if you've liked how we started these days, you'll get a different meditation from me each month that is related to the topic of the month. You also will get an emotional freedom technique video. So I didn't, I forgot to touch on this. So emotional freedom technique is a, a technique where you're tapping on different acupressure points on your, on your body. So it's all Sorry, I'm like doing the points and you're like, what are you doing? Um, and it helps you and you say phrases while you're tapping on these points and it helps you release emotions. So you will find when you go through this exercise that you will release these feelings and you'll often feel a lot lighter or you'll be like yawning. It might evoke uh, emotion, things like that. So this is like a practice I teach in the membership. Uh, we also meet up every month on Zoom. And that's a great time to just like connect with the other members. And I have a 5 p.m. time frame, but I also have an 8 a.m. Uh, meeting time as well to really accommodate more of those, the European time zone, East Coast, etc. So I would definitely say if you're, you've enjoyed this workshop, this is kind of just like a very high level, like there's so much to learn. Going in the membership is really going to be an even deeper dive definitely recommend hopping in there. Oh, thanks, Kara. It's so worth it. Yeah, Kara's been a member since day one, since I launched it last September. Um, and we have so many fun ideas for the future. Genuinely, like, I just love being in community with HSPs. And I think it's really helpful for us to just like be around others who get it and who understand us. You know, the best way to spend our time is in ourselves and investing our time in ourselves and you know taking that time to meditate and taking that time to you know give yourself the extra self-care is really important and it's it's going to pay off tenfold when you you know give yourself that time and energy so oh i'm so happy um thank you all so much for being here for being part of this like i said don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions i'm here for you and Thank you all so much and love you. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your night and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.